So we walk out of northern Nigeria from a city called Kaduna. It's a bit different uh, from most of Nigeria because it's in the Muslim north and uh, God has been good to us. On a Sunday morning like, uh, like today, when people go for services in our church, it's, uh, it's usual to have metal detectors to be sure that nobody is carrying a secret bomb or no terrorist is lurching somewhere. Um, but God has been good to us in that place. Yeah. We've uh, seen the grace of God. It's not by power, it's not by might, Amen. but by the Spirit of the Lord. Yeah. We've been there for over 35 years now, and we have uh, planted so many churches in the north of Nigeria and 11 other nations in Sub-Saharan Africa. 250 mission churches, another 50 regular churches, and then we also oversee about another 250 churches in our apostolic network. Uh, hospital, where Dr. Quaderman comes twice a year to do surgeries for people, is coming again in June. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's been such a great blessing. Uh, to our nation in that regard. People come from all over the country to be helped. We have an orphanage we've run for 21 years. Many of the kids, we've been able to put them through university education. They're growing in the place. We're in the process of establishing a university in our city. We just bought the property next door to our campus. So God is doing great things there and uh, so many schools that we're running with about 600 kids in the schools and. God is a good God. Amen? Amen? So where we live, we don't have the choice of choosing scriptures, which one you want to believe and which one you want to set aside. For example, just a small example, our mission director went into a, a small village to plant a church, and they asked him, where well, you are welcome. There's an old man, the eldest man in this village, in that room over there. His feet are withered. If your Jesus can heal him, you can plant this church. Because we've had the imam and we've had the voodoo guy come, they couldn't help him. Now you, you know you can't choose to believe what you like there. You gotta believe the Bible. So Pastor G said he went in there and was like, oh God, Jesus help me. Oh, do you guys have oil? They said we have cooking oil. So they gave him cooking oil and applied it to the man's feet and he was just saying, Jesus, please help me. Desperate times, you know. Jesus, please help me. And suddenly the man's feet began to pop like popcorn. And then he got very bold and said, get up in Jesus' name. And the man was healed. And we have a church of 400 in that place. Give the Lord praise and glory. Hallelujah to Jesus. So just a little bit of the background, because when we share sometimes, you sound a little bit, you know, like you're from the dinosaur age or something like that. But Jesus is still the same yesterday today and forever. Hallelujah. So I want to thank you for having us. Uh, my wife, I oversee the ministry. My wife pastors the big church with many other pastors. And uh, she's here. We, we were married 35 years yesterday. Please put your hands together for this beautiful woman of God. Hallelujah. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come and share your word and bless your people. Lord, as always, we give you glory ahead 
of what you're going to do, of what you're going to say to us today. That is the power, the honor, and the glory. Yeah. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Everybody said amen. amen. I've been talking about um, the benefits of the blood covenant. Please turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm 89, verse 34. Psalm 89, verse 34. God says something very powerful there. He says, my covenant, are you there? All right. If you're there, say amen. amen. I don't believe you because you're still turning your Bible. <laughs> All right, Psalm 89, 34. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my mouth. There's a reason for that, for God saying, I cannot break my covenant. Hebrews 6, 13 and 14. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. The reason God cannot break his covenant is because it's a blood covenant. And he swore by himself. When you swear by the courthouse, for example, you're saying, if I fail, come and get me. You know, you're swearing by somebody bigger than you. When God swore by himself, Technically speaking, God was saying, if I fail, I self-destruct. So a blood covenant, a blood covenant cannot be broken. When a blood covenant has been made, you are saying, I'm willing to give my life, if necessary, to back up this word. You know, Abraham was not always strong in faith. Because in Genesis 12, we, 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 God sent him out. By Genesis 15, he felt God was very slow. How many of you have ever felt God was slow? And Abraham and his wife, the woman of faith, they said, hey, let's have a conversation. And said, well, you know, we can help God out of this problem. And then they produced Ishmael. Yeah. That was chapter 15. And then, uh, in, you know, in chapter 17, uh, you know, God comes to him and God says, hey, 17.1, Abraham walked before me and be upright. It was a rebuke. God said, Abraham, don't you know I'm El Shaddai? I'm the all-breasted one. There's nothing I can do for you. But until Abraham entered the covenant, Abraham was just shaky like this. In Genesis 15, if you read it, God told Abraham to take some animals, to cut them, and, um, you know, let these animals represent me. That was God cutting covenant with Abraham. Because back in the day when you made a covenant, they would cut animals and they would, the, the parties would walk through the animals. Like, you know, they would walk through the, the animals and they would proclaim blessing saying in other words, I'm ready to give my life if necessary. In Genesis 17.10, God told Abraham, my covenant with, with you is this, you will be circumcised. You to be ready to give your blood. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. And when someone is ready to give his blood, that's the highest level of commitment. Yeah. So tonight I would like you to recognize that the blood covenant Jesus made in our behalf with the Father is unbreakable and has no curses. Yes. The blood covenant that Jesus made with the Father in our behalf is unbreakable and has no curses. Yes. You know, in the Old Testament, there were curses listed in Deuteronomy 28. If you fail to do this, this will happen. If you fail to do that, that will happen. 
But in Galatians 3.13, the Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, yeah. being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree, and the blessings of Abraham will come on the Gentiles through faith. Jesus became a curse on the cross of Calvary. Yeah. And I want to say to you tonight, whatever mistakes you've made in your life, Jesus became sin as well. 2 Corinthians 5.21 he that knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. God does not want to deal with you according to your history, but he wants to deal with you based on the blood of Jesus. God doesn't want to deal with you according to your failure, but he wants to deal with you based on the blood of Jesus. The accuser of the brethren is always talking against you, but there's something the accuser cannot talk against, is the precious blood of Jesus. I'm here to announce to a child of God tonight that the blood of Jesus is bigger than your saying. The blood of Jesus is bigger than your weakness. This blood covenant has lifted you from a place of failure to the presence of God. This blood covenant has rewritten your history. I'm here to announce to you that though your sin be red like crimson, you've been made as white as snow. Is there a witness in the house of the Lord tonight? Give him praise and glory in the house of God. Hallelujah. So it has no curses. Jesus paid in full. I was preaching somewhere in Uganda many years ago. And when I got to the crusade, it was an outdoor meeting. Pastor Leo Rizivigango, he said to me, he said, um, look at that man in crutches, on crutches. He said, that is the worst man in Kasangati, outside Kampala. And I said, you're not helping my faith. I'm about to pray for people. And you're telling me, look at the worst man in town. Do you know the first person that God healed? The worst man in Kasangati. I'm happy that the blood of Jesus is stronger than my past. I'm happy that the blood of Jesus is stronger than my history. There's an accuser of the brethren, but there's a blood you cannot point a finger to. Because that blood came from heaven. That blood is divine. First Peter 1, 18 and 19, he said, We've been redeemed not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish. You are, uh, um, he, uh, Pastor Will is, um, Ladesma is owing me, let's say, $100. Right? And he decides he's going to give me 1000 Is that not too much, Pastor? Okay, let's try your faith. Let's raise the bar. He says, I'm going to give him $10,000. Uh, 100000 Now you can say that. A million! Oh, wow. When we sinned, God died. Yeah. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died. Yeah. There's no earthly value you can put on the blood of That's Jesus. Right. Don't let the devil cheat you out of the blessing of God. What the blood of Jesus has washed clean cannot be found. Don't go fishing in a place where the blood of Jesus has cleansed you and made you the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what they're saying. But there's a testimony in heaven concerning you. It's about the blood of Jesus. How do you plead? I plead the blood of Jesus. In the Holy of Holies, there was only one piece of furniture. It was that Ark of the Covenant. Inside, you can look at Exodus 25, 21, and 22, but inside the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments they could not keep. Inside the Ark of the Covenant was manna. They made a protest about food. And God said, it's there. Inside the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod that budded. They protested against leadership. 
it was there. But God said, I don't want to deal with you with what is in the ark. I want to deal with you from the mercy seat, the cover, the lead of that ark. There was a cover there where the high priest would put blood once in a year. There was a cherubim calf here, a cherubim calf there. And once, the, once he puts blood once a year, peace came, prosperity came, healing came. Romans 3.25, the Bible says Jesus is our propitiation or our mercy seat. So everything we get in this covenant is because of him. So God knows the failures, but he said, I don't want to see that. I want to see you through the blood of Jesus. Don't be like the woman who got up in church and said, for the last 40 years, I want to thank God I've never lied. And the Holy Spirit said, you are lying right now. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses. This covenant has made it possible for us to become the sons and daughters of the living God. As many as believed in him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I tell you, friends, I was in another place, and I think it was in Florida some years ago, in this country. And I was, it came to time for healing. And one man got up in front, and the pastor got up and started talking to me in this ear. He said, I just want to see what God will do with this guy. And he started telling me, oh. Horrible things I can't repeat. And I said, you're not helping my faith. The man was 52 years old at the time. For 50 years, he had been deaf in one ear. By the time he got up from the floor, the ear was totally open. He forgives your sins, and he heals your diseases. He forgives your sins, and he heals your diseases. Psalm 103, he forgives your sins, and he heals your diseases. Jesus said, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or take up your bed and walk. Sin gave birth to sickness in the Garden of Eden. It gave birth to all the curses. But thank God there's a curse bearer. His name is Jesus Christ. And he went to that cross for me. He called a covenant for me with God Almighty. The reason Jesus' body had to be destroyed so much, I think as Isaiah 52 verse 14, says his visage was so marred, he did not even resemble a human being. Because in covenant, there's a cut there. There's a cut there. They caught those animals in Genesis. There's a court in covenant. And Jesus was mutilated. He was destroyed so that our bodies can be healed. Listen to me. It's not about me. I'm just the, I'm just the delivery boy here tonight. God has sent me with a package to give to you. I was preaching a sacristo barababa. Hey! Sorry. Guess on me. Guess on me. Glory to God. I was preaching somewhere in Nigeria, South South Nigeria. I'd been in Europe preaching. I came back home very tired, but I had to go to this place every year. It's one of my sons in the ministry. And I was prophesying of people at the back, and wow. The Lord told me, go forward and tell anybody the doctor could not help to come forward. I thought, my God. I, 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 don't, I said, Lord, not tonight. I think I'm tired. So I got up, and the preachers were sitting on that section. And as I turned my face to look, I saw Jesus there. I didn't need any prophets to tell me. I knew it's not about how you feel. It's about what I did. Yeah. I paid for them to be free. Yeah. I don't have any power of my own to heal nobody. But Jesus went on that cross and he died. And the covenant is in him. The covenant, the old one was between Abraham and God and the children of Israel benefited. This new covenant has nothing to do with your righteousness. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. On your own credit, you get nothing. 
But when you point to Jesus, Jesus, it's because of Jesus we get healed. It's because of Jesus we get forgiven. It's because of Jesus we get compensated. When the devil says you have not been good lately, you say, I plead the blood of Jesus. When he says you fail so many times, I plead the blood of Jesus. When he says things are not perfect here, I say, I plead the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus is perfect and there's nothing wrong with that blood. And when you stand in that blood, all things are possible. Is there an amen somewhere in the house of the Lord? Somebody give me so many thoughts on the blood covenant the blood covenant is very important we understand that God did it with Jesus in our behalf so there can be no condemnation in our own part hallelujah to Jesus are you ready for this he says go to or rather let me read for you Isaiah chapter 43 from verse 1 the blood covenant has made us the family of God we are God's possession we are God's possession Hallelujah. He said, but now thus said the Lord, Isaiah 43, from verse 1, that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have what? Redeemed thee. What does it mean to redeem you? To buy back. Through the blood of Jesus, he paid for us. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Isaiah 43, you can read it. From verse 1 all the way down to verse 4. I've called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Galatians 4, 6. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Thou art mine, Abba, Father. Thou art mine, Abba, Father. You know, we have to be careful to say that word to someone we don't know. If you just turn to your neighbor and say, thou art mine, or you are mine, we can have a big problem here. Because yeah. that may be just somebody's wife, you're saying you are mine. Yeah, right. but, but when God says you are mine, it's because he paid a price. Yeah. Hallelujah. He paid the price with his own life in covenant. He says you are mine. Yeah. You know, when someone, something or someone belongs to you, have you noticed that your car doesn't say, I feel dirty, take me to the car wash. Does your car speak to you like that? You are the one that worries about, oh, this car is not so clean. The other day I saw Dr. Stewart cleaning his car, just giving it a wash in the house. And I said, wow, that's nice. It wasn't the car. He, he felt something needs to be done with this car. This car is mine. God is more concerned about your challenges than you are. Because before you came to this world, he sat down and wrote a book about you. Psalm 139 from 16 downwards says that in his book, all your days were written before you came. So he wrote a journal, a book about you. You're really famous. Imagine that heaven has a book all about you. <laughs> and so God is interested to make sure what he wrote about you happens. He said, rejoice not over me, my enemy. If I fall, I shall arise. He wrote a book about you. And so sometimes when we go through hard times, we're like, oh God, where are you? He said, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, through the rivers, it gets worse. Through the fire, yeah. Yeah. I will be with you. Some people are with you when everything is fine. Yeah. Once things go bad, they say, see you later. <laughs> One guy said to me, he said, Jesus appeared to him. I said, follow this man till I come. When I look back, I couldn't see him. He was gone. 
So, but God will never leave you nor forsake you. Acts 27, 23. When Paul was in the, in, on that shipwreck, in that shipwreck, he said, there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve. I, I'd like to illustrate, if someone wants to buy this chair for $1,000, I think most of us would think it's too much, isn't it? $100,000, how crazy. But if somebody comes to you and says, this chair was the chair that Abraham Lincoln was using in his study, it changes. Is that the chair Abraham Lincoln used? Somebody sat on it that was very important. Somebody has come into your life that is greater than any leader. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending who was, who is, and is to come. He's living on your inside right now. Yeah. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit because of the covenant, and because of that, you are precious and you are valuable in the hands of Almighty God today. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so, it's not about us. It's about him that lives on our inside. And when we go through any challenge in our life, I want to tell you, child of God, God wants to bring you out of that situation because you belong <laughs> serious situations that God brought people out of. One day, you know, every time God sends you somewhere, it's because of someone. I was in a little church in our town. I was invited, but I didn't want to go because I was tired and I, I'm very busy. So I sent one of the pastors to represent me. But while I was watching the Premier League game, the soccer game, the Holy Spirit said to me, get up and go to that church. So I said, okay, now I have to get up. So I got up. My wife said, where are you going? I said, the bus said I should go. <laughs> what can you do? He said, go. So, but as I walked into that church, the Lord pulled me towards the sister and said, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was going to say, but when I got close to her, I saw her son leave the house. And I saw her son walk back. I said, Lord, there's nothing special. Children leave home and come back. He said, just tell, tell her. The woman had been in the mountains praying for many days. But when she heard that that meeting was going to be held and I was going to be there, she came there. One word from God can change your life. She began to scream, throw chairs. And I was like, what's going on? Throwing plastic chairs. I was like, what is this? Long story short, her son had been kidnapped where he worked as a generator mechanic. They didn't hear from him. From the time that word was given, I mean, they gave the boy something to drink. His mind was affected, couldn't know, didn't know where he came from. Oh, I feel the power of God in this yeah. place. Didn't know where he came from. And, but from the moment God spoke that word, his mind began to come back. Hallelujah. When you are a covenant child, he said, I will give, he said in verse 4, I believe, 3 and 4, he said, Isaiah 43, I gave Ethiopia and Saber for thee, because you are precious in my sight. I will give men for your life and people for your life. Where you are concerned, God will move heaven and earth and hell in your behalf. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Have you ever had somebody donating their heart to another person? You only have one. If you donate it, you're dead. But God gave his only begotten son. That is the degree of his love. When you belong to this family friend, he will do shakata. Jesus! 
The boy came back home. He had been gone for four and a half years. They had not heard from him. And he walked back into that house because the woman was the covenant with God. David did not kill Goliath with a stone. He killed Goliath with covenant. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine, I bear the mark of the covenant. We bear it in our heart. He said he bore it in his body. When he threw that stone, God held that stone and knocked that Goliath down. Your power may be small, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. A thousand may fall by your side and ten thousand by your right hand, but they will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high their habitation, there shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near their dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will honor him, and with long life will I satisfy and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. Glory. If I were God, I wouldn't write that psalm. I won't write that. I mean, look at what God is saying. A thousand will fall, ten thousand will be. But he said, I will deliver you. I will. I will. That's covenant talking. When they wrote that, they didn't have weapons that could take out ten thousand people. But now we have. And God is still saying what he said back then. <laughs> they didn't have certain diseases that we have now. But God is still saying what he had said there. He said no plague will come near your dwelling. He has the power to keep us. I said he has the power to keep us. I want to encourage you if you're a parent, plead the blood of Jesus over your children. Every day. Every day. The world is a terrible place. You see, there's a bloodline they cannot cross because that blood came from heaven. Yeah. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, did you notice? He told Mary, don't touch me. I've not yet gone to your father and my father. He had to take that blood before the mercy seat of God in heaven. Every time you make a sacrifice, you look for an altar and you present it to a spirit that will help you. But when Jesus rose from the dead, there was no altar on the earth that could take his blood. No altar in the atmospheric heaven that could take his blood. No altar in the stellar heavens that could take his blood. The only altar that could take the blood of Jesus was the altar of God, the mercy seat in heaven. Today, there's blood on the mercy seat in heaven. The supreme court of the universe has justified you. The supreme court of the universe has delivered you from every evil. I plead the blood of Jesus so much. When you start pleading the blood, all the demons start dialing 911. We're in trouble because that bloodline cannot be crossed. Hallelujah. A dear sister, grandmother in our church, she walked, she drove home one day, and two guys just forced their way. So we're taking your car. These guys were sick. She said, I plead the blood of Jesus. So I plead the blood of Jesus. And they pulled a gun. She looked at it, it was real. I like God to stop them, get the police, somebody distracted. God didn't do any of that. God can deliver you from the fire yeah. and through the fire. Yeah. 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 But he will bring you out. Yeah. Yeah. 
They shot the woman three times. She said, Pastor, I thought I had died, but I had my mouth saying, I plead the blood of Jesus. And the bullets fell down. And when you shoot a child of God that the bullets cannot go through, you got to run for your life. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. So many stories like that. And if you ever visit us, we, we have a, on, on our website, we have restoration testimonies. Everything I tell you, you can go and listen to it yourself. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because of covenant, he will stand there with you. And he will make sure you come out of that situation. The blood covenant is what God has offered us today as sons and daughters of God. We cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Papa God, Papa God. He may be God to the world, but he's Father to us today. Is there an amen somewhere? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The blood covenant brings intimacy with the Father. The blood covenant brings intimacy with the Father. It says here, and because he has sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Sometimes the you will get a little lamb and reject it. Hmm? They call them bummer lambs. He rejects it. The you will reject it. And there's nothing. Once the you has done that, there's nothing you can do. But the shepherd will pick that one and take that one home. Put it by the fireplace, wrap it in a blanket, bring it close to his own heart so that that, that that little lamb can hear the heartbeat, can hear the heartbeats of the shepherd. I don't know where you've been and what the devil has told you, but your family, and God wants you to hear his heartbeat. It doesn't matter what people have said, God wants you to hear. Every bit of God's heart says, I love you. It's going to be okay. I love you. It's going to be okay. I love you. It's going to be okay. Every bit of his heart, I love you. It's going to be okay. I love you. It's going to be okay. I love you. It's going to be okay. That's the heartbeat of the Father. Don't believe any other thing. Don't believe any other thing the devil tells you. Because that's why Jesus died that cruel death. So that you can hear the heartbeat of the Father. I love you. It's going to be okay. That's what he's saying to everyone who has been through anything in their life tonight. I love you. It's going to be okay. I cut the covenant with Jesus, not with you. Because I knew you would fail. That's why I cut the covenant with Jesus. And even the Abrahamic covenant. The Bible says... Uh, the promises was not made to seeds as of many, but to your seed, which is Christ. God purposely, even when Abraham was cutting that covenant, God was looking to Calvary. And said, not to seeds, plural, but to your seed, Galatians 3, which is Christ. So God made this covenant with Jesus, not with us directly, because we're human. But because Jesus is perfect, he became sin, he became a curse, we can always run there and hear the Father's heartbeat. I love you. I love you. It's going to be okay. That's what you should hear when the crisis of life come. Don't listen to any other thing. Any other thing you are hearing is from the pits of hell. The father's heartbeat is I love you. It's going to be okay. I love you. If you forget everything I said today, I love you. It's going to be okay. 
Give him praise. Give him glory in the house of God. Hallelujah. All right, let me take another thought quickly. Pastor Will, am I doing well with my time? He said, I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians 6.10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he goes to say, we're wrestling not against flesh and blood and so on. The blood covenant is an exchange of weaknesses for God's strength. The blood covenant is an exchange of weaknesses for God's strength. Remember David and Goliath? Remember David and Goliath? Saul said, try these weapons. He said, no, try this armor. He said, no, 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 I've never tried this before. I will use what I know. Romans 10 from verse 6, the righteousness of faith does not say who will go to heaven and bring Jesus down or go to the deep and bring him up. He said, but the word is in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith which we preach. One of the ways to get these things working is to begin to say what God is saying about you. You know, babies, a little baby, the first time you call their name, they don't know you are talking to them. They've never heard that before. You call a baby Sarah, after a while she will kind of, are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> and then gradually she begins to know that's her name. Many times our spirit knows who we are. But our body doesn't know that. Our minds don't know that. And that's why the Bible says in Romans 10, the righteousness of faith begins to speak. Sometimes when you are speaking, your mind tells you you are crazy. That's not true. How can you be the righteousness of God? I mean, 2 Corinthians 7, 2, Paul says, Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have defrauded no man. How can Paul say that? When they were killing Stephen, the guy was giving them a hand clap and sharing them all. And now he says we've wronged no man. He was looking to the cross. He was looking to the blood. He was looking to the blood covenant in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. So one of the ways to walk in this blood covenant is begin to say what God said about you. Begin to say, your children are taught of the Lord, and great is the peace of your children. Hallelujah. Before they leave that house in the morning, say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. And I personally believe if you put your faith in that blood, even if there's a shooting, somehow it will not touch those kids. God will hide them somewhere. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does but I know the demons don't cross the bloodline. And I want to encourage parents who are living in a day that you must use the blood of Jesus faithfully. Exodus 12, 13, he said, the blood shall be for you a sign upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Pastor Ledesma, supposing somebody says, well, blood is a little bit messy. Let me use red paint. It's not going to work. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get very modern in our thinking. Like, oh, well, let me be more. Listen. <sighs> Satan fears the bloodline. I plead the blood over everything. It's my number one. It's my go-to thing. When I see an attack, I start pleading the blood. As I say, Satan, off limits. Not because I'm good, because of Jesus. He died a horrible death for me, so off limit. At least I can say that with my mouth. At least I can say that with my mouth. If you read First Samuel 17, many times David said, the Bible says, and David said, and David said, and David said, and David said, and David said. And he just kept that same principle. He kept saying it. Sometimes when you are saying it, your head is saying it's not true. But please, it's not about your head. It's about heaven. 
Just keep saying what heaven has said, and heaven will see to it that it happens. After a while, it will get into your heart, and you start to believe it. After a while, you start to really believe it. I've said some things for many years, and I just believe them now. And because I believe them, they are working for me, and they will work for you as well. Hallelujah. They will work for you. They will work for your children. God will turn things around in the name of the Lord Jesus. The blood covenant has made you one with God and has given you positional authority to use the name of Jesus. The blood, blood covenant has made you one with God and has given you positional authority to use the name of Jesus. One of the things Jesus said in Mark 16 verse 17, he said, and this sign shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils and so on and so on. Philippians 2 verses 8 to 11. Uh, wherefore, verse 9, Philippians 2, 9, Wherefore God has also highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. 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 Do you realize that Jesus has never used his name once? When he was on the earth, he never said, he never... He just said, he just said, come out in Jesus' name. They knew him. They knew him. He gave us that name. He gave us that name. It's a family signature. You know? When you get married, you can sign your husband's name without any problem. Amen? And if he loves you a lot, he can give you his ATM and give you the number and say, enjoy. <laughs> Okay, I leave that alone. That's not the preaching tonight. Glory to God. <laughs> but it's a family signature. I'm happy that I belong to that family. I'm happy that I have that name of Jesus. I'm happy I can look at the problems of life and say, in the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a mighty tower. And we have a pastor in our minister's fellowship who was telling the story. He used to be an occultist. That means he was on the court. One of those crazy things. He said they were in a, in, a, in, a, in a cultic meeting one day, and somebody by mistake just said, Jesus, just something. And the whole place went, just confusion, like fireworks. He said, what's that? Who is that man they're talking about? And then someone said, well, it's Jesus. <laughs> and the fireworks happened again. He said, okay, there must be something bigger than the devil. And that's how he left the cult. The name belongs to you. It's your family name. Yeah. You can use that name. Amen. Demons tremble at that name. Yeah. Principalities and powers, they tremble yeah. at that name. Yeah. Even death will bow to that name. Yeah. Several years ago, I never shared this testimony myself because, <laughs> you know, I just like to be quiet about things. We are going for a crusade uh, somewhere in the south, southern part of our state, Kaduna. And the guys left before me, the driver was driving like a madman, just crazy. I tried to catch up with him. He left an hour before me. I couldn't get to him. I just kept praying in the spirit as I drove. I felt something was wrong. I was praying in the spirit. I actually passed the accident. I drove past it. And I realized, you know, through the mirror, these are some of our sisters standing by the side of the road. So I backed up and I realized they had cuts, they had bruises, and people were wailing. Our evangelist was killed. Wow. He was killed. One hour had gone by, they dragged the body out on the asphalt by the side of the road. 
Well, what do you do as a pastor? I was very angry with God. I know you've never been angry with God, but I was. I confess that. I said, God, this is unfair. I'm going to preach. In fact, the bus was borrowed from the uh, Nigerian Compass Fellowship, the kind of, you know, young people's fellowship. The drums were borrowed. <laughs> we didn't have anything. Then our voices to preach and a few microphones. Everything destroyed. And then this guy, I think he was just married recently, not too long ago. He's there, dead. People were crying, were wailing. They were just, you know, pastor, sometimes we know what to do, sometimes we don't know what to do. When you know what to do, you pray. When you don't know what to do, you pray. <laughs> so we're always praying. <laughs> so as I prayed, so I prayed, as I prayed, as I prayed. I said, let's, let's just stand around this guy. And the first thing I heard was, after a while, I had call him back. He said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I can't do that. We kept praying. Because I was just thinking how to get the body to the morgue, you know. I had it again, call him back the second time. The third time, I had call him back. It won't hurt. But the moment I took the step of faith to call him, another faith came. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I called his name like three times. Michael, come back. And then tombstone came. We were scared. <laughs> People moved back. <laughs> we moved back. <laughs> what, has just, <clears throat> what has just happened? And he, he was so angry with us. He said, did you disturb me? I was with my angel. Oh, that place is so nice. We're going to describe the place. People who have died don't want to come back. The only reason you are, you're crying your eyes out is that you cannot see what they see. If you go to heaven, I always pray for people. I say, God, don't let them see heaven. <laughs> because the moment they see heaven, if they are believers, no way. They don't want to come back here. If you go to heaven for five minutes, you tell God, take me now. I'm, I'm done. Because there's no pain, there's nothing. People are so, the atmosphere is joy, is peace. You will see Jesus, you see Abraham, you see Isaac, you see Jacob, and you will know them when you meet them. I mean, it's a great place to go. So I said to him, you have just had a baby. I think that girl was just born there. I said, just shut up, just shut up. Anyway, let me finish that story. So we put him in the car, and I'm driving, and I'm praying, Lord. I said, Mike, don't die again, don't die again. <laughs> because that was God. But you know why? It was just God that did it. It was not me. It was God that did it. Hallelujah. It was God that did it. But how is that possible? We're family with him. We're family with him. You know, there are certain families if you belong to people who have to treat you right. They just, oh, oh. Are you a, we call it a, we belong to Jesus today. Lord, strengthen our faith in Jesus' name. One more thought before we pray. The blood of Jesus brings about compensation. And while I was praying, the Lord said this to me specifically. That the blood brings about compensation. Look at Psalm 44, verse 1 to 3. Psalm 44, verse 1 to 3. And then look at, uh, we just read two passages. Uh, where's Amos 9, 13? Somewhere there. I'm looking for a particular translation of that. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, let me just read Psalm 44. I'm reading from the message translation. We've been hearing about this 
God all our lives. Our fathers told us the stories their fathers told them. How single-handedly you weeded out the godless from the fields and planted us. How you sent those people packing but gave us a fresh start. We didn't fight for this land. We didn't work for it. It was a gift. You gave it, smiling as you gave it, delighting as you gave it. Amos 9.13, uh, I believe is the Amplified Classic. Let me, let me quote it, or let me rephrase it. It said, it won't be long now. Message translation, thank you. You know, when you have a preaching wife, she helps you out. <laughs> Amos 9.13, the message translation says, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, yes. your head will swim. Yes. One thing on the heel of the other, you will not be able to keep up. Amen. Like wine running down the mountains and the hills, blessings. Everywhere you turn, blessings. God wants to compensate you for what you've gone through yes. because you're a covenant child of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. I read the story of a celebrity here in America who went to a European country. She wanted to buy a bag, but for some reason they didn't let her buy the bag. She now came back, she was doing a show, and decided to raise the issue of her show. The company called her, you can come back and get the bag. I think the, the prime minister of the country even called her, you can come back and get the bag. Now somebody else who is not famous, nothing will happen. You missed it, you missed it. You didn't get the back, you didn't get the back. May I say to you, you are royalty this evening. You are a royal priesthood. We are peculiar people. We've been called for to show the praises of him who has called out of our darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now we're the people of God. Because of our relationship with God. Many of us think if we go through a hard time, oh, well, it's just life, Psalm 20. From verse 1 downwards, towards the end, he said, May the Lord hear you in the day of trouble. May He remember your sacrifices and burnt offerings. When you go through a hard season, God wants to compensate you back. <coughs> Should I give you a few examples in the Bible? Exodus 3 20 and 21. After 430 years of slavery, they were leaving. God said, You will not go empty. Go to your neighbors and ask and get some things from them. Where's that done? You just walk to a man you're working for and say, I'm leaving for a holiday. Can I get your new car? But God gave them favor. I believe when we go through hard seasons, God wants to favor us and compensate us. Is there a witness in this house? What, what about Joseph? What about Joseph? Yes, give him praise. What about Joseph? What about Joseph? So many years from slavery to prison, he woke up one day a prisoner and went to bed a prime minister. Is that compensation or what? What about Mordecai? His head was supposed to be chopped off and God did a miracle. He, he, he began to administer the estate of Haman. We can go on and on in the Bible and see people that were compensated because of what they went through because they were covenant people. People of God were covenant people. 
As I try to wrap this up tonight, I want to say I feel a spirit of compensation over this church. I feel a spirit of compensation over many people here that God wants to restore to you the joy, the things the enemy has taken multiple fold in the name of Jesus. What about Ruth? Ruth made up her mind and she entered the covenant. Uh, she, she said to Naomi, where you go, I will go. That means I don't know your God, but your God will be my God. She had lost three men in her life. Her husband, her brother-in-law, her father-in-law. It was a sad tale. But when she went back to Bethlehem with, with, um, with Naomi, she went to the farm of um, uh, Boaz, and a miracle happened there. God said, I've seen all what you've gone through. I'm about to give back to you multiple fold. I believe there are many people here tonight that God is going to give back to multiple fold. Yeah. Dr. Stuart was giving his own testimony this morning yeah. when I preached. How, you know, I came and preached in their church here and he was going through a horrible time with, his, with where he was working. And how God, he, he took that message by faith. And how God has compensated him so many times Amen. over. Let me give you one or two more stories from elsewhere before we pray. I was in Romania one time, and my hosts, they were discussing, oh, they were just talking how bad things were in the recession, and they had a radio station called SOS Radio that was owned by Americans. They were working for the Americans. And I'm trying to sleep in this car, and I had the Lord say to me, tell Mihai he's going to own that company. I said, say what? He's working, he's an employee. That's not... I said, no, Lord, you can tell him yourself. <laughs> He's also filled with the Holy Ghost. Just tell him. How am I going to say, how are you going to own it? How is that going to happen? You are a supernatural man. You are a supernatural woman. You serve a supernatural God who can turn things around for you. I don't know about you, but if you remove the blood, you remove miracles, the Bible is just a book. You know, they called him suddenly and they said to him, hey, Listen, the problem is so big, blah, 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 blah. If you can raise money for the license, we give you the building, we give you the equipment, you can run it, it's now your own. As I speak to you, the man owns the thing. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you, you God has been showing you things about yourself and you're saying, ah, well, ah, mm, it doesn't fit my story. Ah. Now, let me tell you another story. I was in Denmark. One year, several years ago, actually. I came into town like a Saturday. I'm preaching Sunday morning, so I'm, I've not seen people. You know, sometimes you come in, you can see people, and they will say, this is happening. I didn't know anything. I got up to preach. was sitting. I got up to preach. <sighs> the Lord can be interesting. Yes. I just got up to preach, and as I opened my Bible, the couple was sitting. I knew them. She was a TV host for a Christian TV. She does shows, and I'd been on her show before. I looked, and the Lord said, tell her to stand. So the husband stood with her. I said, okay, here we go. What now? <laughs> what now? What now? She had standing up. And I had it. I had it. I had it. I said, tell her to run for the office. And she will win. I said, oh, no way. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I mean, these guys had live TV into the city back then. I said, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know anything. You know, my brain just dried up. I couldn't even remember John 3.16. Now, if a preacher cannot remember John 3.16, you are in big trouble. <laughs> so what, what am I going to preach? I'm just standing there. I'm, I'm struggling with the Lord, struggling with the Lord. 
called me to the Lord. Well, all right. The Lord says, run for the office. You're going to win. Did I really say that? <laughs> so at the end of the, the thing, I wanted to take an exit, you know? The husband <laughs> grabs me here by my shirt here. Tunde, Tunde, we're taking you for lunch. I said, I'm not hungry. <laughs> because my head was just giving me trouble. I mean, I've messed up myself. I've said something in public I shouldn't say. When we got to eat, the, the guy said to me, well, don't need to call their names. You know, she said, you know, she's running, she's running. And we are, we are two weeks behind, two weeks of election, we're behind in the polls. Oh, God, what is this? Well, you know what? When God wants to compensate you, yeah. he does it big. Yeah. That woman went to the Danish parliament. One time she invited me there to talk to some of their leaders and their team. It was a miracle. When compensation comes, God compresses time. Yeah. Give him praise and glory in the house of God. You are different. You are different. You are a child of the king. God compresses time. When Jesus turned water into wine, in a moment, what could take four years or more, he compressed it. I feel that for many people here tonight. Let's see how much time we have. Well, let's start together tonight, wherever you are. Let's start to pray. Please stand with me. Glory to God. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. Just lift your hand and bless the Lord. Lift your hand and bless the Lord. Two things tonight. Firstly, firstly, two things tonight. The first one is um, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to Him tonight. Secondly, the Lord is also showing me. Satan has been accusing. Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this sin? The Romans had a very terrible way of punishing murderers. You know what they will do? They will tie the victim to the murderer. And you carry that body around. So that the infection from the victim will kill the murderer. If you feel you've been carrying some weight around, Jesus said to tell you to drop it. Because yeah. on the cross, he dealt with that thing. So if you want to do that in faith, you can also come for this altar call. Or you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in tongues. You don't pray in tongues, you want to receive it. I was raised a Baptist. We were, I never went to meetings like this because we, told, we were told that you guys were dangerous you drink blood, you know, and I didn't want to die, so I avoided your group. But one day at home, I said, Holy Spirit, Father, I need you, and the Holy Ghost came upon me. All right. And it's been there since. It's a great blessing, I assure you. You can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray by the help of the Holy Spirit. So this first call tonight is 
to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to drop this burden of guilt. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. If you are here, you want prayers along those lines, can you just raise a finger where you are? I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to drop this burden. Just raise your hand wherever you are. I want to drop this burden. Raise your hand wherever you are. I'd like us to know that we're in the presence of the Lord. This is the best place you can be, where you can hear the heartbeat of the Good Shepherd saying that it's going to be okay. So I want to encourage you tonight, if you want me to pray for you along these lines, please come forward quickly and let's pray together tonight. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Come from everywhere. I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. I want to drop this burden of, I want to drop this burden down. I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Please come from everywhere, come from everywhere, come from everywhere, come from everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come from everywhere. The Bible says they were filled with the Spirit and they began to pray in other tongues as the Spirit gave them what to say. I'll pray with you now. God will give you new sounds in your heart. It's not something you spoke before. But you're just going to make those sounds to the Lord. People receive everywhere we go. You will receive tonight. Now, if you want to just drop your burden before the Lord, I would like everybody to pray this prayer in church with me. Heavenly Father, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I confess that on the cross of Calvary, Jesus took every burden from my past. I cast the burdens on Jesus now. I drop them at Jesus' feet. I am free. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Father. I have come now to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with evidence praying in tongues. I receive him now and I pray with tongues now in Jesus name. Taking a deep breath, lift your hand, let that new language come for. Let's go one, two, three. Sharakaba Santalia Rakadada Dabo Sikaya Jibarakatata. Just open your mouth, it's there. Likristola Ramazetaya. Yeah, that's it. Let it flow. That's it. Let it flow. Let it flow. It may sound funny to you, but you are talking from the Spirit of God. Let it flow. Just open your mouth. Let it flow. Make the new sound to Jesus. Just make the new sound to Jesus. Make those new sounds. The sound is within you. Sharaka dede, lebrose zetia, remando zemarito, rebarita tari, rababaya. Put your voice into it. Make the new sounds to him. Put your voice into it. Rakadimbrose zezezezia, jela ramaze zeparianda zazaita, Jehovah lamande rika stailo, remo zezarondo rika derita, endario barika tazazalarono sataya. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 